More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we're joined by Gonzalo Big, CEO and third-generation owner of Big, to talk about the visionary spirit that inspired the company's evolution and how digitalization represents a transformative opportunity for Big and other family firms. Since 2018, Gonzalo has been the CEO of his family business, which his grandfather Marcel Big founded in 1945. He is guiding the company through a period of unprecedented change using the same percepts of empowerment and family cohesion that made it a global brand in the first place. Enjoy this episode with Gonzalo. Gonzalo, we're delighted to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Lovely to be here. Thanks, Tanya. So I wanted to start out with a question that I actually always ask at the beginning of these interviews. What is your earliest memory of the family business? Um, there's two memories I think that that strike uh, that jump out in my memory. The first one is um, being just before the the Christmas break. I must have been six or seven years old, and my grandfather is thanking each of the team members as they leave the the plant on their Christmas break. And I was there shaking the hand of each of the team members as they exited the plant. That that's one. And then the other one, which I'm way too young to actually remember. Remember, but I have a great picture of it. Um, is I must be maybe one and a half, and I'm I'm sitting on my dad's lap, and he he's showing me one of our iconic big products that we still uh, manufacture and sell around the world every day, and uh, and my face is just a pure joy, and that's a it's a great memory of connection with uh, with my dad as well. Fantastic, and and so. What did every generation contribute in its turn to build this business into what it is today, which is like, you know, quite an astounding size and present all over the world? I love the way you're, you're framing that, which it, it really is about contributing to, right? Um, yes, you have a founder. He's iconic. He had a vision. We serve it today. We bring it to life with a relevance to the current times because you know, my grandfather, when he started the business, there was definitely no you know, smartphone. There was no email, there was no fax. When he started business, there was no telex either. Mm. But so my grandfather had a vision for bringing writing to everyone, a democratization of uh, the writing through product. And Mm. the ball pen was an amazing way of doing that. We acquired the patent from um, Laszlo Biro. We innovate on the product itself and we create uh, the crystal pen, which today is still sold um, billions and billions around the world every year. So we develop that, we go global. And that was one of the fundamental, I'm not going to say differences, but markers of the man. He was very early visionary that we had to be broad in our thinking. And so when you look at the timelines of when we uh, go to different big markets, the US, Brazil, Mexico, different countries of Africa, we're only in the 60s. Um, where many companies waited until the 80s or the 90s to do their international expansion. And that means that we have very, very loyal following of the brand around the world in ways that are deep at the generational level. So he did that. 
And then later on, he saw an opportunity to create uh, disposable lighters. And we did that by acquiring a small little company in France in the early 70s, and then developing it to uh, the position that we have today as uh, the branded global number one in disposable lighters around the world. And then we did another uh, adventure in shaving, uh, starting with a small joint venture in Greece. So he oversaw all of that. And then his children joined the business over time. He had uh, 11 children, as you know, and they all served the business in one capacity or another and added their story to it. Some only for a few years, many for their entire careers, including my dad, but also Francois, who was at the beginning of the lighter and did all the lighter journey up until just a few years ago. And, and he's still... Uh, you know, my sage when it comes to anything lighter, and I, I call him quite frequently to get his uh, his perspective. Marie-Aimé, who was our uh, general counsel for three decades, and many, many others have contributed. And now at my generation, I lead the business, but I have cousins who work in the business and do different, have different responsibilities. And they too are adding to this story. And I look forward to the fourth generation joining us soon, you know, it's very gratifying to me that uh, people choose to join the organization and make a career of it. Maybe not their whole career, but they want to bring something to the story. They want to write maybe a chapter, maybe just a line, but they want to be part of the story. And that's so important as a family. Your role in the company like has been many fold, right? Like, so you went through different stages. When did the CEO position become an actual discussion for you? Like, because I imagine that to be quite a big deal in a family like yours and in a business like yours. First of all, the business for for its sheer size, it's a big responsibility being the CEO of a, of a company this size. I'm very lucky to uh, to operate in service of and be a member of a very very supportive family. And one of the things that we we do with all of our family members, whether they choose to work in the business or do other things. We always support their ambition, um, no matter what that is. And I have, you know, cousins who do all sorts of different stuff. The CEO discussion, we had it many times. So unofficially, it was almost the driver in the background. And it wasn't what motivated me to get to where I am. What motivated me to get to where I am is to serve the, the business, to be a, a great team member and to lead. Um, people in the organization, but also to uphold the legacy and to continue to build on the story. Something we're fiercely proud of is our entrepreneurial spirit. And so you're constantly trying to innovate and create value and find opportunities for the business. Do you attribute the ability of BIG to reinvent itself like, or like to actually go through transformation, significant transformation time and time again? Do you feel that's contributed to the DNA and that's made like, you know, enable today's success as well to a certain extent? Absolutely. And you use the word trust, and I, I combine that with the word responsibility. And back then, yeah, that's absolutely how it happened. You, you know, there was a gentleman by the name of Pajul. And so my grandfather said, go to Brazil and, and you know, go forth and make it multiply. And that's what he did. He wasn't controlling every advertising from Paris I trust you. You understand my vision for the brand, for the product. You're going to stay true to the ethos of what we're trying to do. It didn't work every single time. We have tons of opportunities for learning where we had to pull out, go back in, like every company does. But 
he had great trust and he gave all the accountability to those local managers. And today we still give a tremendous amount of responsibility and accountability at the local level to execute. The brand is, is global. And so there has to be a consistency and an adherence to it. But when you look at the way we go to market, the way the advertising is done, the way um, even we price certain things, it varies because it's very local. What we've been able to develop over 75 years, if you go um, in, in France, people understand that uh, BIC is a French brand. But if you go to the US, they'll tell you 500 BIC Drive. It's an American company. And you go to Mexico and it's no sabe fallar, does not fail, which is the, the brand slogan there. They'll know that is a Mexican company and, and so on and so on and so on and so forth. And that's been one of the, the ingredients to success over the many, many decades. Tell us a little bit more about the guiding principles of the transformation plan that you had for BIC and like sort of what the factors were that contributed to your feeling that some more significant changes were required. Change for the sake of change makes no sense, but change to achieve new things um, and to go to new heights is required. And when you embrace that, life just becomes a little bit easier. And it's, it's not easy because, you know, by nature, uh, change can be scary, change can be difficult. But when we embrace that, uh, we all grow collectively. And we, uh, we recognized as an organization that there were some things that we needed to rewire. A little bit how we worked, quite a bit how we were organized. And that was to achieve different goals. So when we reframed our three core categories into new addressable markets. That meant that we were going to interact with consumers in a very different way. And one of the things that I was absolutely convinced of was a need to go back to a fierce consumer centricity. We had not lost sight of the consumer, but we had other lenses through which we were seeing the world. And in order to readdress our consumers and connect uh, the brand with them in different ways, we had to become fiercely consumer-centric. And two examples that come to mind, the first is um, our body mark range of temporary tattoo markers. Not something you necessarily would have expected from BIC um, a few years ago, but we saw an opportunity. We understood the consumers saw our brand as relevant, saw our brand as um, capable of delivering the quality that the product requires because it's something that goes on your skin. And we've always had that irreverent, fun type of personality in ourselves and in the brand. And so it works. And then the second one is the, the product that we, re we launched at the end of last year uh, in the US, our new Easy Reach lighter. Right? We've been making um, lighters for 40 years. Over 1.5 billion of them a year go out with our, our brand on them and, and consumers love them. But we realized that they wanted a different usage to it. And so we created the mini wand so that you can light lighters. It keeps the flame away from your the fingers or your hand, still with all the quality of the Bic lighter. And we've had a great reception. And I think it's those are two good proof points of you can build on strength. You can shore up weakness. That's fine. But it's sometimes better to build on your strengths. You've been talking about the need for, you know, integrating technology, customer centricity, and having a data-driven organization for a while. I think this is very important advice for family businesses around the world, because I know that you also believe in the fact that family-owned companies are very important contributors uh, to the economies everywhere in the world. And 
I think like one of the big pitfalls isn't going to be COVID for them this century, but it's going to be this digitalization and this sort of like um, fourth industrial revolution that we're seeing and all the technology that we should and can assimilate here. Talk to us a little bit more about your mindset regarding this and like, how are you making this a reality for big? There's macro trends at every generation, at every decade, pick a time frame, and you're going to find them. Digitalization, it's not new, but to your point, COVID has massively uh, accelerated in some ways for good, in others, at a personal level, I'm sometimes a bit concerned. Like We were seeing that a bit before as well. Right? The, the rise of adult coloring, to give you an example, five, seven years ago, surprised a lot of people. And there is that need for digital detox or disconnect or however you want to term it to find another space. And as a society, I think we're all going to struggle with how much do I want technology in my life? What is its role? How much does it bring? Fighting it totally, um, I think is a complete waste of time, but um, it's about finding where is the most value in interaction. And, And one of the things that we recognized was it's not about digital or analog writing, for example. There is that intersection, and we were thrilled to find um, Rocketbook, the company that we acquired at the end of last year, which is our the first step in our digital writing journey, where we seek to create even more value for all the users around the world, making their life simpler and more joyful in many different ways. And Rocketbook's been a tremendous first step. Uh, we talked about body mark a second ago. One of the key pillars of our human expression transformation, moving away from, quote unquote, writing instruments into that ability to create and find joy is coloring, right? So one of the mega trends you see today is people want to express themselves. Instagram, TikTok, and all that is, is a great example, but so many other more physical manifestations of that exist at all ages. And so we want to empower that. And so whether you do that through drawing or writing poetry or writing love notes on Post-it, whatever it is you want to do, we want to be part of that conversation and dialogue and empower you through really high quality products. So digital is definitely one of those things, I would say, to family business leaders, our managers, there's incredible value to be found. Each one has to unlock their intersection with it and carve out their niche. It's an evolution. This is going to take us a long time. I don't know if we'll ever find the end of it. Do you have any particular sort of like wish to have a very specific kind of an impact in your generation on the story that is big? Because presumably you'd like it to continue, of course, beyond you. Like you guys have this multi-generational outlook as well. So without like going into specific plans, like over, over decades to come, What do you feel like is sort of like your greatest wish of sort of like your contribution or your generation's contribution to your family legacy story? My generation is, you know, 40 people. So uh, (laughs) it's much bigger than me. I and we definitely want the brand to last. It it has to stand the test of time. And it, it, it evolves in its relationship with consumers, but always based on that trustful relationship where no matter whether it's the first time you pick up one of our products or it's the last time you pick up one of our products before you buy the next one, you should always be satisfied. And it's one of the reasons we focus on the lifetime value of the product to make sure that every single interaction of our product, now, now on a crystal pen, you've got 3,000 meters of writing, that can last a few years. 
I want to make sure that the first time you write, I love you, is as good as the last time you write, I love you. That, that's really fundamental. At a more broad level, I'm particularly proud of um, a lot of the commitments we've made and the, uh, the time that we invest in education. At a corporate level, uh, we have a foundation. We have our Writing the Future uh, Together commitments, one of which is to improve the learning conditions of 250 million school children by 2025. I'm convinced we're gonna get there. It's gonna take a lot of work. It has taken a lot of work. It's gonna continue to take a lot of work, but we're gonna get there and then we'll go from there. And at a personal level, I I serve as uh, another organization called Enactus, which is a not-for-profit that focuses on social entrepreneur business for good um, or or passion with purpose, if you will. I love that we allow not only me to, to work with them, but a lot of our team members give to that. So education is something that's very near and dear personally to my heart and to the, mm-hmm. to the family's heart, the business's heart. But I'm sure there's, as COVID has demonstrated, many, many opportunities for business to have um, positive impact at a societal level or at a community level. And when we're successful, we can do that even more. Thank you so much, Gonzalo. We look forward to seeing the progress of BIG over the decades to come, hopefully. Thanks, Norman. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.